Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, it's 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. Adrian Hernandez here with your NBA Finals preview. And we just... We're in the Bay Area, and now let's take a red-eye flight to Boston to get the Celtics' perspective. John Corrales joins us. He covers the Celtics for the Boston Sports Journal and the Locked On Celtics podcast. All insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insight the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. John, first and foremost, uh, thank you for joining us here in Las Vegas. Momentum is going Boston's way. How are you feeling about the series? I mean, I, I do agree that the momentum is going Boston's way. I mean, it's not just that they won game two. I, I think that the way they're winning these games, uh, I, I think I, it shows that they've got a, a good game plan. They've got good personnel. Um, I, I feel pretty confident in the Celtics' ability to win the series. And and with you covering this team this entire year, and and I think you talked about it in your latest article that this eighth month, eighth eight-month journey, excuse me, that the Celtics have been on. Uh, it's interesting to me when you we talk about the start of the season comparing the Celtics and Warriors because it was kind of polar opposite. There was some drama on the Celtics side. Meanwhile, the Warriors, they started like 18-2 and two or something like that. But yep. that second-half start for the Celtics and being the most dominant team in the second half, was it just the all-star break? Or, like, what did Coach Udoka really, you know, point to and go to that this team bought in and then made them start so hot in the second half? Yeah, it's a combination of things. I mean, first thing that happened is they got healthy. They had some injuries earlier in the year, COVID, uh, all that, all that craziness. Um, that all kind of went away. So you had a healthy team starting in January. Second thing you had was, um, I think, uh, a turning point in that early January New York Knicks loss where the Celtics blew a 25-point lead and uh, R.J. Barrett hits a, a three-pointer in, in Jason Tatum's face. And everybody kind of points to that game as the, the, the moment where the Celtics were like, okay, enough. We're, we're, we're done with the trying to do this our way. We're going to completely buy into what the, um, what the coach is, is trying to do. And then the third thing is the trade deadline where they traded uh, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Josh Richardson. I think those, those moves got a couple of ball stoppers out and brought in Derek White, who was a ball mover, a very astute, like, .5 San Antonio ball movement kind of guy. And they brought Daniel Tyson to kind of get a little bit of depth in the, in the front court. So all of those things together came together at the same time to help Boston turn things around. 
And as we as we get into this this NBA Finals and everything that's happened, uh, and, and in terms of this series, and despite the box score and, and game two and what happened there, I really thought and I really think like even throughout the entire playoffs, Jason Tatum has kind of grown up in front of our eyes and and how these teams are defending him. And you know, last game he kind of followed Jalen's. You know, Jalen was aggressive from the start of the game and he was attacking. And to me, Jason was attacking with purpose. Like, instead of going to the lane trying to get a foul call, no, he was trying to get a bucket. And I think Synergy Sports um, also said he's created 45% of Boston's points in the finals. Uh, from your perspective, what have you seen from Jason Tatum? Yeah, Tatum, I think when, when he's at his best, that's what he's doing. Uh, North-South kind of playing through people. He's a big guy. And I, I really do think that sometimes he has to kind of remind himself how big of a guy he is. He's like 6'9", 6'10", um, broad shoulder. I mean, this, this dude is, is like Giannis Light. And so I think he needs to kind of get into that mode of constantly attacking and not gliding like he likes to do. Because when you glide and you get fouled, it's hard for the rest to see it. But if you're going north-south and you get fouled and it knocks you off your path, there's an obvious, oh, yeah, that, that got him the, the, the foul in the free throw. So I think that is is part of his progression as a driver. And then, you know, Ime has put a big emphasis on him kind of uh, with the playmaking. And you, you see that the stats, the Celtics are are undefeated when he has seven or, seven or more assists in the playoffs. So I think those kind of – those two elements really make Jason Tatum a, a very, very dangerous player, even when – Golden State wants to double him, blitz him. He can get off the ball. And I think in game three, what you really saw is he got off the ball a little bit quicker, didn't let them get into those passing lanes, and, and that really helped the ball movement, and the Celtics really started to score very well. And, and another dude who had a huge game, and those three days off really helped him, uh, is Robert Williams. And I, and I want to get your insight on what you saw from him last night and also the concern of, you know, they, they're resting today, but we got game four tomorrow. And how, mon- how many minutes do you think he's going to play? Because I know he played 25 game three. That was the most he's played in the in the finals so far. But just talk to me about Robert Williams. Yeah, Rob was great. I mean, I, you had three guys scoring 20-plus points and five or more assists in that game. And I thought Rob was the guy who stood out the most. He's so pivotal. When, when he's playing well, the Celtics are the best team in the NBA. Honestly, I think... When, when he's able to do what he does best, that just changes the entire dynamic of their defense. It allows them to just be so uh, locked down with their defense because him roaming, you saw it. He, he had four block shots, but coming over on guys and like leaving his guy uh, roaming in that, in that help side and, and coming over to block shots, it just it helps because it allows the, the other perimeter guys to understand, like, hey, if you do make a mistake, he's there to bail you out. But also, you can be more aggressive on the perimeter knowing that there's that safety net back there. So it really has a ripple effect on the defense. And then offensively, just to have that lob threat is huge because so many times Boston's turnovers, which is really the story of this series, Boston's turnovers, when they get in too deep and they have no outlets, when you can get deep and have Rob there and you, know, you see a guy or two or three coming at you 
uh, you know you can just kind of throw it up towards the rim and he's going to go get it. So Rob, when he's healthy or close to healthy, I, I mean, I don't even know what percentage he is, but uh, it's it's enough. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think there's a concern with just the one day off, how much he's going to be able to give in game four. But uh, I think he's learning how to manage that injury and play with that injury. And I want to ask you because obviously I'm, I'm outside perspective here. I've seen I've seen most of the games, but I haven't seen them all, and I'm not covering them like you. But I want to know if I'm on the right path. Uh, what impressed me the most, and what I think the Celtics are at least offensively at their best, is when Marcus Smart is not only that facilitator, but I think in last game he was kind of the pressure point of the offense of getting into the paint and driving. Because to me, when he's driving and he's able to kick out to Jalen or to Jason, and then they can go into the paint and drive, that's when you get Al Horford open and something like game one can happen. Am I on the right path in, in thinking that and having that philosophy? Yeah, yeah, I think you are. I think Marcus is his best as a true point guard. And so this this makes things interesting for the Celtics because when he's not playing well, he's taking some ill-advised shots, he's trying to do a little too much. Um, the Celtics like to put the ball in Tatum's hands and Brown's hands, even Horford's hands sometimes to start the offense, which pushes Smart off the ball. And, and that, that's where he gets into a little bit of trouble because when he's off the ball, he has a tendency to, hey, I'm a catch-and-shoot guy. I'm going to catch, and I'm going to shoot. And if he's not doing it at the right time uh, in the shot clock, then you, know, you, you get the early shots, the quick shots, um, the ill-advised ones. When he's the point guard, when he starts the, with the ball in his hands, you can see his mentality change. He doesn't, he doesn't want to take those quick shots. He actually wants to drive. He actually wants to facilitate and, and initiate the offense. So I, I would like to see the Celtics continue to play that a little bit more. And, you know, obviously you have to mix it up. But the more he has the ball in his hands to start a possession – the more effective Smart is because he's initiating and he's playing with a true point guard mentality. And and to me, we, we talked about it here, the aggressiveness and just as important was the no hesitation in some of the decision-making for the team overall. And, of course, that was a response to Golden State in Game 2. So i got to ask you, what do you think is more likely, a Game 3 performance with the aggressiveness or Game 2 without the post presence and kind of let's all chill by the three-point lane and not drive? You know, if I had that answer, I'd be I'd be out there in Vegas <laughs> making some money. Right. Um, that's that's the issue with the Celtics. Um, I'd like to think that they 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 are learning and they understand that this is a unique situation. Game four at home, got the home crowd behind you and a chance to go up 3-1, this is a, a real opportunity to seize complete control of this series. So whatever buttons Ime Hitoka needs to push, he needs to push them right now because that's what the Celtics need to do is come out with that same level of aggression. The quick shots, if he sees it, honestly, if, if they come out and they start taking quick, shots, three-pointers with 22 seconds on the shot clock, I'd call a timeout 30 seconds into the game and sit them down and be like, nope, that is not what we're doing here. And they need that. They need that jolt sometimes. So 
it's it's been it's been a little tough. The Celtics have not handled. They're great with adversity. They're not great with prosperity. When things are going well, they <laughs> tend to be like, ah, we're good, we're good. When when their backs are up against the wall, kick the Celtics every single time because they don't they don't give in. They're very very tough team that way. But they're 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 the, the, the people like when you when you find twenty bucks in your pocket, what do you do with it? The Celtics find twenty bucks in the pocket, they're spending that like immediately. They don't they don't save their money. They don't build their wealth. <laughs> so that's what the Celtics need to do. They need to build on their wealth right now because uh, if they can, then they have basically. I would like to say two shots to win the title game, game five in San Francisco game six at home. Those are two grand opportunities to win a title. Plus I'm right. They haven't lost back to back in the playoffs yet. Right. They have not, not only that they haven't lost back to back games in months. Um, if you, if you throw out the Toronto game where they rested four starters, that's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. They, they are a resilient group. They haven't lost in the playoffs two in a row. Um, it's been, I don't know, February since March, since they've lost two in a row. It, it's been a long, long time. Those are uh, very good problems to have. Um, and yeah. a talking point, um, especially during the broadcast, is the drop coverage with Al Horford and mm-hmm. Steph Curry in these first three games. I'm going to be honest with you, after the first quarter of game one, I was very surprised that he went back to it in game two. And and I know in, in the post game he was asked about it, and it was like, hey, look, we, we need to show him different different defensive just schemes. And I know that the Celtics this season haven't necessarily blitzed, but to you, what do you make of the decision of trying out the drop coverage against Steph? You know, at first I was confused, and now I'm starting to come around on maybe it's brilliant because – What's if we think about everybody who's listening, think about Steph and his true, true brilliance. When he's at his best, it's not even off the dribble. It's when he gives the ball up, he runs through three screens. He's impossible to stay with. And then he turns and catches and shoots and he gets these wide, wide, wide open opportunities. The Celtics, they're still tweaking this coverage. They still need to be further up on on some of these, and I think the Celtics really want to force Steph to get into some longer twos and not those threes because, you know, stepping into open three-pointers is really not the strategy. So they still have to tweak where the big is. But the drop coverage on Curry, I now think, is to encourage Curry to just keep going one-on-one and to not be a facilitator, and to not be the guy that starts the avalanche of Warriors passing that makes them absolutely impossible to cover because they're one of the best passing teams, best cutting teams, best off-ball movement teams. The more you keep it in Steph's hands, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's actually like a martial arts technique. You move towards the danger, (laughs) and that's how you neutralize it. You move towards the danger with Steph Curry, and you say, all right, we see you. We know how dangerous you are. You do it, and you do it all by yourself. And, look, he's 34. There's only so much he can do. With these teammates, I think possibly this drop coverage is something that is, is designed to take away a lot of what the rest of the Warriors can do and to challenge Steph to say, you gotta, we don't think you can carry these guys anymore on your own with super high usage 
at, at this age. John, you got everybody's attention. I'm going to be honest with you with that answer right there. <laughs> John Corral is joining us from the Boston Sports Journal and the Locked On Celtics podcast. And you were there for game three. And, and since we are talking about Steph, uh, your opinion, number one, was it dirty or not? You know, we got to get into the antics. And then also, like, I do think, and I know he did say earlier today that he is going to play. But this is a huge deal because Jordan Poole hasn't been playing good and he has been the bulk of his offense. Like, to me, this is humongous if that ankle is not right. Are you are you asking if Al Horford's play was dirty? Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. I, I, the, the mere suggestion that that was dirty is, is absolutely, uh, I think, uh, a farce. Like, Al, Hor- Al Horford was diving for the ball. Um, I, I, I don't think... I'll put it this way. If, if anybody thinks that that play is dirty, you've never played a day of basketball in your life because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. That was and – then, and then on top of it, Al Horford. Al Horford? You think Al Horford's doing something dirty? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's outrageous. No, that was – you know, if you watch the entire play and how many bodies were on the floor diving, that's just a byproduct. When, when the ball is on the floor – Everybody hits the deck, and you know, as they say, the first of the ball gets you know wins, and that's that's all that was. Now it's unfortunate that Steph was underneath, and no one wants to see Steph get hurt. Like that's not that's not how the Celtics uh, operate. No one wants to see anybody get hurt, um, and you hope that he's back at full strength. If he's not, that's that's a real tough blow to the Warriors. But I think I couldn't say this strongly enough. Any suggestion that Al Horford's play was dirty is an utter joke. And, and speaking of Al Horford, uh, were you surprised um, that the Celtics went back to the two-big lineup? And then we talked about Rob, uh, Rob Williams. He, he played huge. He also played healthy, which meant out in the perimeter, unlike game two, he wasn't toast. Um, and also, in those situations where, where Al and Rob were in, were you surprised Golden State? Like, they didn't really try to attack that, which surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they might play Looney more. Um, the giving up the offensive rebounds, the 15 offensive rebounds, was, was a big deal there. Um, I, I'm not surprised. Like, Ime is going to go with whatever works. So if he sees that Derek White is having a, a bad game, then Derek White plays fewer minutes than he, he's used to playing. If, um, if he's playing a great game, then he'll play 35 minutes. And that's that's just what Ime is going to do, and especially in the in the finals, the finals is no time for formulas. The finals is what's working. Is somebody having a bad game? Boom, sit down or minimize them or somehow, you know, you you gotta. I mean, minus your obviously your star superstar players, you gotta let them play through it. But um, going back to the double big when when Rob is healthy, that's that's how the Celtics have had their the best defense in the league and been one of the most dominant teams in the league. Uh, Golden State. I, I'm very curious to see what their response is going to be, and and how how that little chess match goes. But um, if Rob if Rob is anywhere near healthy, he he's going to be on the floor. And, and John, we appreciate your time. Just a couple more questions. Uh, strong stuff. Strong, strong stuff. We appreciate the insight. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ask you this because because I'd get yelled at by my boss if I don't. Um, <laughs> the whole the whole Draymond Green, whether it's on the court 
on the podcast and even Clay Thompson now for his second finals to be whining and complaining over again. By the way, I'm from Cleveland, so I enjoy saying all of what I just said. <laughs> um, uh, what do you what do you make of it? And even like I it like like last night with Draymond Green in the in the uh, press conference where he made fun of that poor guy who was just asking about the X's and O's. Like to me, it's not the point of like I don't think he's giving out the strategy of the game, but. At the same time, like, if you have content out there, like, we don't need bulletin board material. I just, this whole fiasco and kind of how, like, Draymond Green has overtaken, like, Steph Curry's averaging over 30 points and has been playing amazing. He's an afterthought. It it just, the whole situation yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, Dray, Draymond is, uh, he's always been, like, a unique character, right? Um, but... You know, now with his podcast, he keeps plugging the podcast, you know. And look, as as a podcast host, I appreciate the hustle. But at the same time, you are in the NBA Finals. And I I think one thing that these athletes are learning is that when you just go out there and say, hey, I'm going to take control of my platform, so to speak, you really run the risk of digging a hole for yourself. And it's hard to climb out of those holes. Because I know how tough it is to keep talking for half an hour by yourself or however long Draymond talks by himself. And Draymond is unfiltered and, and isn't, isn't like his mindset isn't, hey, I'm going to be professional broadcaster. He's talking smack on a podcast and he's talking smack out everywhere. It's hard to, it's hard to balance that and talk as much as he does with the, with the attitude behind it without saying stuff that kind of, you know, gets you into a little bit of trouble either by offending somebody or by triggering the, the opponent and, and getting riling up a crowd. And, and you kind of, I don't know, you don't want to rile up a crowd in the finals like that. The more, the more you piss off Celtics fans, the more they're going, the louder they're going to be. And that place is going to be extraordinarily, extraordinarily loud. And, if people, if they want to complain about the language that was used, I mean, I get it, but those players using the same language on the floor, don't come at me and tell me, oh, the kids, won't somebody think of the children? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys use the exact same language on the court, in front of children. I mean, Trayvon swore in front of his own son on the on the podium. Like, spare me this, this you know, sanctimonious <laughs> stuff. Like, come on. That's just you know what that was. It's they're they're upset that they lost, and they understand that they are they are in a, a tough spot. They're frustrated with themselves, and they project out and they they put it on somebody else. They're they're more frustrated about themselves than anything. And on the flip side, uh, I guess this will be my last question. And I know you you were at practice earlier today and and got some quotes, but to me, another thing that is huge is that. They survived the Steph being Steph and, you know, Clay actually yep. showing up. So, and the barrage that they had in game three, in your estimation right now with the Celtics, how confident are they are after surviving that? Well, I mean, it's just like anything, right? Like if you're afraid of heights and you jump out of a plane and you land and, you know, you get that you know picture with the thumbs up and the parachute and all that. <laughs> then you land and you're like, oh, my God, I did that. And you feel good about yourself. So there's a natural inclination to be like, oh, okay, they, they did it. Steph did his thing. Clay did his thing. 
and, and we survived. We were able to pull ourselves out of the tailspin. Because one of the things that, that's been a, a real killer for the Celtics is they have let things cascade and go down further, further, further. You know, that, that big explosion from Steph, they turned it around at the end of the third quarter. The, uh, the Warriors took a lead, but the Celtics took the lead right back. And that's a big deal. It makes you wonder if the Celtics can, in game four, pull out of that a little bit sooner next time and, and, and make it a more normal quarter. You know, Steph's going to have his run, but instead of the last four minutes where you turn things around, maybe you turn around at the six-minute mark and you take control of things a little bit more easily. So, I mean, I'm not in their heads they seem like a comfortable group. They seem like a confident group, but they're always confident. They were they were sitting there saying we're we're confident when they were eighteen and twenty one. And I was asking them why can't you guys, you know, finish fourth quarters? Now here they are in the finals, blowing the Warriors out in the fourth quarter. And so if 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 they do have that natural reaction of like okay we withstood it, now we know we can we can do it. Let's go do it again. Then maybe they'll be able to take care of that a little bit sooner. Something's gonna happen. One of those things has to break, right? Either the Celtics have to be better in the third quarter or the Warriors are going to figure out a fourth quarter. But one of those things is going to change, and that team's going to win. An underrated factor, too, with either of these teams, if you make a mistake on either side, in real time, the other team is going to take advantage of it. But, John, we appreciate everything, all the insight. Be sure to follow John. John underscore Corrales. He covers the Celtics for the Boston Sports Journal. Go check out and subscribe to the Locked on Celtics podcast. John, thank you so much for the time. Strong stuff, my man. You got it. Thank you very much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.